Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Whoa, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Beautiful Wednesday. With me, as always, the man who texts me directions on what he wants to talk about every week and then gets mad when I build the entire rundown around that text, Chris Vaccaro. How you doing, Nando? Brandon, back again another week. Another week closer to the start of the fantasy season. Uh, loving it. Let's go. Why don't you introduce Brandon? Since you're already acknowledged. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, well, because I want to say hello to Brandon on the beginning of the show. Uh, and, you know, I, I'll leave that for you. Brandon Marielli! I'm just here lurking. Hi, guys. What's happening? How are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. I know it's really exciting. And it's, um, I, I'm excited for this show for the topic that that Nana's going to announce here. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but uh, well, let me put it this it's way: Vicaro's, it's Vicaro's thunder, by the way, it's, of Modus Tollens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to be called uh, also Fantasy Groupthink because that's what we're going to talk about, really. It re- so yeah. So the show today, if you haven't read the description yet, uh, we're going to be talking about the first 20 picks on CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, and NFFC. And this is kind of this is very much sparked by Chris Vaccaro texting me Friday at nine forty four p.m. Uh, with three questions for the show that he wanted me to set him up for. Um, one was about the, the main thing was Jonathan Taylor versus Saquon or and Saquon Barkley and falling to the second round and who should be going first. Well, they both wind up in a couple weeks when it's like hardcore draft time. Uh, so I wanted to look at all the ADPs across like ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, NFFC, and see exactly where they were. Um, I don't know, like I just started looking at these ADPs and there wasn't. You know, between the three places, you think there'd be, like Brandon was just kind of referring to, some discrepancy, and there's not really. Like, I was really thinking, like, maybe some guy will be 24 here, but he'll be 8 here. Um, you know, the biggest swing was really Stefan Diggs was 17th in CBS, but 12th and 12th in ESPN and Yahoo and, and stuff like that. Um, some quarterbacks made it into the CBS top 20, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, anyway, Chris, uh, where would you like to start? Wherever you want, Nando. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> nope. Bring I'm that enthusiasm. Playing, I'm not playing into this, Nando. Nope, you're not doing it to me. On, we could play back Wednesday when you're like, I'm never texting you again. And and, <laughs> and I thought I would be doing you a, a, a service, giving you some ideas for the show. And I went back in and I did it. And now I regret it again for a second week in a row. All right, well, I'll just make sure my phone's by me Saturday at midnight. You'll never, uh, you'll never yeah. get another text from me again. You don't mean that. I do. I'm going to contribute something, and it's going to be, I think we should start at one. Yeah. Because I think outside of the box. Consensus number one, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And then I think we should, should, I I would like to talk about one and two together, because those are the only true consensus out of everybody. Literally all platforms have Christian McCaffrey one and Dalvin Cook number two. There's not one d- differentiator there, and I, I, and I'm not against that. Uh, but I, I do think that sometimes people wonder why, um, just to to uh, you know assuage their thoughts here. So basically, you know, I, I just want to contribute that you know Christian McCaffrey paid 
19 games in the last two seasons. Only three were last year, right? Um, of those 19 games, only two had less than 19 PPR points. And in his three games last year, uh, in the midst of injury, he still scored 24-plus points each time. Um, I think it's you know double confirmed that Joe Brady wants to use him exactly like he has in the past. Um, and then Dalvin Cook, consensus number two, um, because you know he scored at least fantasy, 15 fantasy points in all but one game last year. And in that one, he scored 10.2, okay? So we're talking about consistency here, right? Uh, The only problem with him that people have is that, you know, he has missed nine games in three years, so you're expecting something. Although week 17, he was out for a family emergency last year, and it wasn't a relevant game for them anyway, you know? um, So my only thing is, if you're someone like me or Vaccaro or Nando, and you've played in (laughs) a gazillion leagues, yeah. Or not Let's not go too uh, hard in grouping the three of yeah. us together. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you may have started at the one spot a lot. And what I realized is I have a million Christian McCaffrey starts. And I know this sounds a little murmur, and it's a, it's a strategy question. I think I have more places where I'm starting number one. I might take Dalvin Cook to diversify. And I don't think that's out of bounds because – Dalvin Cook actually is a, is a pretty decent pass catcher. He's not. He's certainly not Christian McCaffrey. Don't get me wrong. But he's only had three receiving touchdowns his entire career. I actually don't even think we've seen his ceiling necessarily in terms of fantasy points. So I'm wondering if you guys are diversifying at all or if it's just straight up one McCaffrey done end of discussion or are you throwing a little cook in there well uh, brandon how many how do you keep getting the number one pick all the time in all these leagues i need some of your luck obviously I have been the number one pick 70% of the time in my league. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. I, can you believe how, that? How does that happen? 70% I of, I have, I have Christian McCaffrey in 70% of my leagues. Well, you know what? It's funny that you, you bring up this topic. I uh, actually will have uh, my article coming out tomorrow doing another draft board breakdown where I did receive uh, um, the number one overall pick in the um, NFFC draft that I did this week. So I'll be taking, you know, um, the readers through how to break down the board and and drafting out of the one spot. For me, it's going to always be McCaffrey. Um, I I don't know if you're someone that plays 100 leagues and 70 of them, you know, you get the number one spot. Then, yeah, I would diversify a little bit. But I don't think people are uh, being that lucky as you are, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I've only done like 50, like t- between 10 and 15 leagues, but for some reason, almost all of them were the first mm, pick. Okay. And I don't know why. Yeah, I, I never get number one. I'm like forever seven or eight. Really? I, I think, I I think never people that are drafting, two. if you're lucky enough to get the number one pick here and there during draft season, um, you know, it's McCaffrey. Uh, Dalvin Cook is locked in as the, you know, number two, and then the draft starts, you know, I, I haven't seen many drafts where McCaffrey and then Cook aren't the top two, um, you know, they both, uh, McCaffrey struggled with injuries now these last couple of years. I, I think it's something that drafters aren't really, uh, too worried about. Um, the upside is out of the, you know, is he gives something that nobody else really gives. That's that potential for 30-point weeks most weeks, and he's going to catch close to 100 balls. So for me, it's McCaffrey, and uh, and that's the story. One of, one of the biggest discrepancies I caught um, as we go down this board is ESPN has Saquon Barkley. Like ESPN drafters, as far as ADP, have Saquon Barkley number five. Yahoo has him at eight, CBS has him at 11, and NFFC mm-hmm. has him at 12. Um, and I thought, like, I mean... You talk about not having group think. I guess there it is, is this wide variety of places where Saquon Barkley can go. And I just assume ESPN drafters um, are, are just optimistic. No. I, and Nando, I mean, does ESPN update their rankings from June? Like, this I is mean, ADP. he was, he was uh, this... five in June. And that, did, did he move it? Did they move him down to 12, 15 a couple weeks ago and now maybe back into the 8, 9 range? Or is it, I mean, these ESPN rankings that we're using. Once they have their ESPN summit of fantasy guys in May or June, they lock in their they they lock in their rankings. Do they adjust it? It's ADP though. It's not rankings, right? Well, AD, well I think that's we, what I'm saying. ADP. Do they move their ADP? Well, DVR is making a good point on slide, like you know when they run. The, and actually, we have columns about this from David Ganos too, like how you know if, if this if you're drafting using ESPN rankings and they don't change those rankings, and he's five in that draft room. 
mm-hmm. he's probably going to go five in a lot of drafts. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people auto draft. Right. There's Especially all the auto this dra- early. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. they just, no, they just follow, you know, they just, they just follow this guy, get my team together and then worry about it later or something. Right. Yeah. But does that explain oh, eight sure. on eight on Yahoo? I mean, are we saying like CBS, hooray for CBS for, you know, ranking him correctly in the draft rooms and being refreshed and moving <laughs> him around all the way down to 11? I mean, really, I guess the question is, yeah. where is Saquon Barkley for the two of you? Uh, for me right now in, in drafts, if, I, if I'm drafting, I have him in the back end of the first round. I have him in that 10 to 12 range. Um, you know, he's still falling to the, he's still falling to the second round. But uh, in these next two weeks are big for, for um, drafters all about Barkley. If he's going to get out there, maybe that third preseason game and, and, you know, get the ball five, ten times and look good. And it's locked in that he will be starting and, and in the lineup week one. Well, he goes right back into the top six or seven off the board. So I got ESPN him at was maybe two right all along. six. Yeah, that's the way you could look wow, at it. Wow, really? Yeah. What'd you say? Uh, Who'd you pair him with, him Brandon? Two, I got him at two six a week ago. I paired him with Derrick Henry. And then. What site is that, might, Brandon? The, uh, um, it was the FSWA Going Deep League. It's a it's an industry league. It was on it was on uh, my fantasy league, but it okay. is an industry league. And a week ago, I got him at two six. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to get him at two six anymore because <laughs> that was like the day before they announced that like he's probably going to be back a lot sooner than a lot of people were projecting for a while there. So yeah, you had that dark area for like ten to fourteen days where it was, it, the the report started coming out. Oh, he might miss. The first two or three games of the season and it torpedoed him to the, you know, that middle of the second round, which is probably when you had that draft and took advantage of it. Yeah. And remember, like it was right after our, our um, it was in between our first and second show. And on our first show together, we all talked about this where it was like, well, you know, listen, if I can get him in the second round, that's amazing. But I don't want to take him at five. And then all of a sudden, boom, he was in the second round. And I was like, see, there we go. Yes. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is all news dependent. And I think his ADP is going to go up and down and you shouldn't trust it because it's going to be based off of a lot more weeks than what's relevant. So just keep your eye on the news. He's a perfect example of that, because if if they continue at this pace and we feel good about it, then great. If there's a setback, if you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, then, then, you know, he'll drop a little bit. The thing is with Saquon, there are a lot of people who are just afraid. They feel burned, right? And so they're going, I think he's going to be lower than probably where he should be consistently until people see him on the field. And I think that's a good thing. So all it takes is that one report, like a, a Dan Duggan tweet being like, hey, Saquon Barkley was on the bike, you know, for the second half of practice today yeah. with a big ice with a big ice bag on his knee or something. Well, yesterday he contributed in team drills for the first time. So, you know, back into the first round. Here we are. Well, Chris, exactly. this is, I mean, this is the genesis of the show is Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor who have fallen to the you know back end of the first round or even in the second round mm-hmm. are starting to slowly rise back up. Um, Taylor if especially. If you're in that back end – if if you're not Brandon, uh, mm-hmm. if you get stuck with a back end pick, like, mm-hmm. I mean, are you are you passing up like at nine or ten? Are you looking at Taylor and Saquon and being like, yeah, I, I got to grab these guys; they're still here. Taylor's not getting past uh, about ten anymore. That's it. He's back into the top ten. Uh, you know, with all the positive news now, with Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz looking like they might both be there, or at least one of them for week one, or and both of them early in the season than expected, as the reports were saying, you know, three weeks ago, it's a couple weeks back when you know it looked like they could both miss the first six, seven games of the season, which sent Taylor, uh, you know, to that second round. Uh, the reports on those guys are, are good uh, now, and Taylor in drafts that I see on a nightly basis is back into that middle of the first round, that six to nine range. So, um, you know, the days are over of getting the discount on Taylor in the second round. Hope you took advantage of it. Uh, it helps people that are in the middle of the first round because it was starting to dry up a little bit uh, with a little bit of some question marks um, and, and drafters were starting to move receivers up into that range. But now you could go in, you could go get your Jonathan Taylor. He's fine. It was always Taylor over Barkley for me because Taylor has no injuries connected with him. It was it was teammate affected that was sending Taylor into the second round. There was no injuries uh, attached to Taylor. Barkley has the actual injury that he's trying to overcome. 
So um, it, it's still Taylor for Barkley over me, but I think in a couple weeks, both of them are going to be firmly back into the first round. Are we not, are, is nobody afraid of Marlon Mack in this situation? No. I mean, I know like Naheem Hines kind of like, uh, like, really Marlon Mack was good and he just got he hurt really and now he's good. coming back. No, he's coming off a major injury too. Um, and the talent. But I mean, he's coming back. But I mean, like, is it, is it wrong to think that maybe like Jonathan Taylor might get some of these carries taken away by Marlon Mack? I would be more concerned about Hines. Um, you know, that that's coming off the field for third downs and stuff like that. But um, no, I'm not. You know, every one of these guys pretty much has a, uh, you know, a backup running back that's going to chip in 10, 20% into their workload. Um, you know, am I worried about Marlon Mack up against the talent of Jonathan Taylor? No, not at all. Brandon, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm worried. All right, thank you. I, I, Jonathan Taylor, I, um, I'm more concerned than other people. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I ended my draft season without any of them on my team, to be honest with you. Who do you have over Jonathan Taylor, Brandon, in the first? Uh, obviously, skip past McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, and Kamara. I assume that you have. Where does Taylor fit in for you? And who do you have above? I have Ezekiel Elliott above him. Mm -hmm. I have Austin Eckler above him, and then he's in this kind of Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, chubbish area. But like to me, I'd almost wait a little bit for Najee Harris, who I think has the potential to score a lot more fantasy points. Frankly, I would almost take Najee Harris over him. Period, and and I think that it's it's a. Even if I know, I know it's kind of bold, but I'm also like I, I, it's very, very packed there, and we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. Even if yes, the Carson Wentz news is definitely positive, and I took him in a super flex actually in one of the last rounds because I was like, you know what, Carson Wentz, if he gets in there, I'm, I'm interested, and it's like round 14, why not? But I think that uh, Marlon Mack was an excellent football player, and he's back, and. I, I don't think that he's going to be 100% on the bench. I just don't. And then I do think Naeem Hines cuts into the pass catching. And then who's throwing? And then, I mean, I just, there's too many questions for me to feel as solid as I am about Najee Harris, which, by the way, Pittsburgh Steelers historically have a workhorse back. I, I, you know, he's they're always relevant for fantasy. It's just to me, he's a slam dunk. I mm-hmm. don't feel that way as much about Jonathan Taylor. And, and I know that that's, you know... <laughs> I guess if there are any hot takes here, I guess that's the first one, uh, which I I just am not as excited because I think that we've really overlooked the Marlon Mack factor. And I think they'll like, by the way, I think they want to switch them in and out, make it, you know, interesting and and give them some rest and da-da-da. And that's totally cool for real football. But for fantasy, it'll make me have a little heart attack every week. Okay, so it's more of a volume play of Harris versus Taylor for you. Yeah, for me. And and just historically speaking, there's a 0% chance that they're going to do some wacky hybrid, you know. I mean, that's just not the Steeler way. They, they, they ground and pound, and it's one dude. And that's, that's how they orchestrate every offense. So I, I feel more confident in that than I do with what's going on in Indy because they have to get creative at quarterback. Right now, even if Carson Wentz comes back, he's not back now. Mm-hmm. He's not back while we're putting the team together. So we got to do something. Okay. That's how I feel. Harris is down at 16 on NF- and, and NFFC, uh, 19 at ESPN, 17 on Yahoo, and 16 at CBS. So he's he's there. He's in that grouping. Uh, just for some other reference, I guess, Nick Chubb's 13, 10, 6 at Yahoo, and then 10 again at CBS. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 10, 11, 7, and 14. Aaron Jones, 11, 14, 10, and 7. Can you repeat um, all those numbers right back to me again, Nando? I, I lost well, I mean, the on one people, <laughs> Which one would you like? You want Aaron Jones, Yahoo? That's 10. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you know what's funny is you could have that right in front of you if you click the link for the Google Doc that uh, the rest of us all seem to be working yes, off of. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I think what was most interesting when I look at this is the Austin Eckler. Uh, and we don't really talk about him, which I find intriguing. This is also someone coming back, right? Uh, but he is going way, way higher in the NFFC than he is in ESPN, Yahoo, and CBS, right? Okay. I mean, it, he's going eight right, there, but and NF- 13, 15, 12. But NFFC is full point PPR. What are we talking with these other leagues? What are, what are they all locked in at? I think they mush them all together. Uh, there wasn't any kind of pull down. 
there's no rules when you're given the rankings here of ESPN, Yahoo, CBS? Are we going off of half-point PPR? Are we not full-point PPR? It's the ADP for the whole it's website, the so it's not the rankings. So I think that Yahoo's default is, I know, a half-point. I think ESPN's right. is full, right? Uh, they just switched. I think they someone just switched this off-season to point five. I think. Maybe that was ESPN. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think ESPN switched from standard to point five actually, this off-season. Okay. I have to look that so, up. So, I mean, um, yeah. So, Yahoo used to be standard in their, their point five. Um, even at point five, <laughs> there's no competition. And he's going to do everything with Justin Herbert. I think he's an amazing pick. I'm more on the NFFC side, regardless of scoring, frankly, because of his role. And he's it. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, because everyone's like, oh, everyone, all these people have someone biting at their heels. No, not him. He's just jamming. I mean, you know, I, I think that Austin Eckler is going to be someone that we are going to be talking about all season long because he is going to be volume in every single facet of the game with an offense that's on the upswing. And I, I feel really good about him. And I feel like I hear his name never. <laughs> I just, it's almost like people are like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. But um, I'm very intrigued. And I, I, I'm on the NFFC part of this. And again, it's regardless of format for me. Uh, yeah, I'm big into Eckler. I don't see many, um, you know, negatives when Eckler's name comes up. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a PPR monster. You know, they have some guys there that might chip in, uh, you know, Justin Jackson, who just recently got hurt. He's been getting talked up again in camp. Um, not worried about him. You know, the kid Kelly, Josh Kelly, who had a nice couple games early in the season last year. Same thing. They draft Larry Roundtree in the third or fourth. Um, you know, just a bunch of guys. Nobody to really get concerned about, uh, you know, in Eckler's, uh, you know, to, to knock into Eckler's workload. Uh, they rebuilt this offensive line. I love it. I don't think their offensive line gets enough attention right now. The Chargers, I think they're a top five offensive line coming into this season. Another reason to love them. And, um, you know, I I have no problem with taking Eckler off the board in the middle of the first round. I think Casey Joyner actually has them as their, he called them a powerhouse. I think he's their number one offensive line. A rebuild powerhouse, he called them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Chargers. Uh Yeah. He, he did a good piece on offensive lines. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, they get the kid Slater out of Northwestern, who's an absolute monster. I thought he could have been a top five overall pick this year. And they bring over um, uh, Lindsley from uh, Green Bay to be their new center. Uh, You know, just a crazy, really good offensive line they built there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Are either of you, I want to go down to 15 to Antonio Gibson. Uh, 15 in NFFC, 20 on ESPN, 16 Yahoo, 24 CBS. There were, I saw it on Reddit uh, late last night mm-hmm. that there are some reports that Ron Rivera and his staff may be trying to turn Antonio Gibson into their version of Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, is that, <laughs> I do, saw do we, that and I was like, right? oh. That was the Twitter buzz all day yesterday was, was yeah. that report. And then I think it was John Dague of um, – I, I forget Diggle? who he's – yeah, I forget who he's with. He went back Roto and World. looked at reports of J.D. McKissick last year. They said, we want to try and turn J.D. McKissick into like a, you know, a catch as many balls as McCaffrey. And then before that, Bryce Love, when they had him, they compared him to a McCaffrey type. And it was just funny how like the Washington reporters, uh, based on running backs, always talking about McCaffrey, McCaffrey. So he was like, it must be something in the water in Washington. It was pretty funny. But hey, listen. You know, Rivera came from Carolina. Uh, Gibson has that type of, uh, you know, game to him where he can be, a, a, you know, a big-time PPR monster out of the backfield. It's just a matter of, is McKissick really going to disappear in this offense this year? He was so good last year contributing on third downs. What's his role going to be 
If they take that away from McKissick, then yeah, sure, Antonio Gibson's upside ceiling is through the roof, top five running back this year. But if not, how could we justify his first round uh, standing? Which which now, Nando, he is going to be a first rounder going forward. He already started going in this 9, 10, 11 range. Uh, the ADP at 15, um, you know, is is for, uh, you know, uh, in the past, I think. I think you're. I mean, like you're right. Whether he deserves it or not, with these reports, you're going to go up four or five spots. Yeah. Sorry, Brandon, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I just saying, agreed. And and I mean, I I it's just hard for me to wrap my head around JD McKissick leading all running backs with 110 targets last year to I guess zero because they all go to Gibson as a Christian McCaffrey type. I mean, I don't. I I think this is a uh, camp uh, buzz. Bleh. You know, I just this I don't listen to this stuff. This is the exact stuff I really block out because, I, you know, a he's not Christian McCaffrey. And then B, if they, if they really thought that, wouldn't he have been a little bit more in that vein and not had such as I mean, basically, they have a Giovanni Bernard on their hands. Right. No one has a Christian McCaffrey and a Giovanni Bernard together. Mm-hmm. Doesn't point. make any sense. But doesn't there the, I mean, vo- the voice in the back of your head saying like, ah, you know, what if he was just a rookie last year and learning the system and they have, you know, maybe maybe he will be the, you know, we're going to miss this opportunity, you know, by not taking him at 10 and by taking like Saquon instead or like, you know, Stefan Diggs instead. Like, am I missing something here? Because this is his second year and he's more mature and maybe he wasn't good at pass blocking and improve that. And now he can really become the next Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you know? I guess I'm not going to cry too much because then I'm going to get Najee Harris. No, no, I just, just you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, there's other good guys Elijah here. Harris, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I just feel like there's other good guys here that, like, if I don't take him, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I, I'm not going to avoid Gibson, but I'm not going to push his ADP up either myself when I'm drafting. Like, to me, I was comfortable where he was. I'm not as comfortable once we're in, you know, this um, mid... I mean, I think he might even go to the mid first round because people are just losing their minds. You know what I'm saying? And everyone is going so running back heavy um, at the top of the drafts. I mean, when you look at these ADPs, it's like all running backs except for Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in the first 13 here for NFFC, right? And then you got Stephon Diggs and, and then... DeAndre Hopkins, who I think actually is maybe the value of all of this. Um, and that that's, I mean, then there's Calvin Ridley. That's it, you know? And then DK Metcalf, it depends on what site you're on in terms of that. But uh, it's it's really running back heavy at the top. So you kind of, you have to kind of shoot your shot. And if your shot isn't Gibson, I don't think you're crying about it. They're just other good options. But man, if you skip those first two scenes. Brandon, would you take Aaron Jones off the board over Antonio Gibson, that back end of the first round? Uh, how would you rank Jones, Gibson, yeah. and and uh, Harris? Yeah. I Well, I would, uh, right now I'd go Jones, Harris, uh, Gibson, mm-hmm. myself. Um, just because I think Aaron Jones's offense is going to be more score heavy, and I like that Jamal Williams isn't there, so I enjoy the Aaron Jones experience uh, or the potential Aaron Jones experience. Even though Devonte Adams has always been the touchdown hog on that team, uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Ten plus touchdowns over the last five years every season, but um, that's probably where I'd go because he's a little bit safer. And then I'd go again Harris, and then I'd go Gibson. Yeah, Jones is the guy that's on the move the, the most uh, that we've seen in the last month. I, you know, I'm sure it's you know correlated with you know Aaron Rodgers' question mark of him being there or not. Uh, once he came back, Jones went from you know that mid to late second round pick, that running back that was coming off the board almost last, uh, you know, to firmly into that back end of the first round now, where I see him go as high as eight and nine and people making arguments for him to be in the top six overall. Um, you know, there's been a lot of people questioning like, Hey, what's the difference between Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara this year? You know, one of them has a great quarterback and, and one of them doesn't, they're both same sort of type of player. Um, you know, that's it, been a, that's been an argument on Twitter for a while. Jones versus Kamara. Uh, for me, uh, I just think what we see now in these first top 24 overall is there's 14 running backs locked in. And after that, there is a drop 
So when we're talking top 20 here, it's, yeah, it's consists of these 14 running backs and uh, everybody wants to, uh, you know, to get their hands on them. Chris, you, you had an interesting thing in your article um, that I wanted to bring up mm. in your column. The first, the draft board breakdown. Um, you took a look at every team in this NFFC draft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously your team was mediocre, as the commenter said. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But there, there was a team that you called out for not going all in on the zero, uh, wide, uh, zero RB strategy because they only went yes. the top three as wide receiver, not the top four. Yes. And I just wanted to give you a second to explain that because I found like that. I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't know that. Like, I thought top three was very bold. And you're like, no, 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 you got to go all the way and go top four. Yeah. Four wide receivers in a row, not three. Yeah. And this is a three wide receiver format. Yes. Um, well, it's a starting three wide receiver format. And then, you know, a flex, obviously, which if you're going zero RB, then your flex should be another big time wide receiver. And that's the point. And to even take that further, that's the strength of your team when you're going zero RB is receiver. So you can't come up short with an injury or one of these guys actually doesn't work out and having a slow part. You need to go to your bench and be able to take a fifth stud receiver and bring them into your lineup. That's your approach. You're going to be weak at running back. You know that already. You're going to be working the waiver wire all year long looking for backs. You're going to hope that some of your backup running backs that you draft in those eight through 12 rounds, you know, the starter goes down and you bring them into your starting lineup and hit, you know, the lotto on that. But when you go zero RB and you start off with three monster receivers, well, you can't diverse, you can't go in a different direction now and start going in and, and getting those mid-round running backs or, or, you know, hit another position. You got to keep hammering home the receivers. So, you know, through five or six rounds, you should have five receivers where you're just locked in, you know that, you know, your three starting receivers and your flex spot, you're coming at people with four big time receivers, number ones on their team, and then you're working everything out after that. And that was pretty much my point of, um, you know, uh, of those two teams, I believe it was back to back, they gave up on their zero RB build after three rounds. Is that, I mean, is that a function of like, if you have the number three overall pick? Mm-hmm. You, and you want to go and you're like, hey, I'm going to do zero RB. Like, you can't do that, right? And I know we always say don't go into Why not? the draft. What do you mean? I mean, you can, get Devonta, you can get Devonta Adams at three, but, I mean, are you passing up on, you know, a for sure Derrick Henry with that? I mean, it, basically, well, what I mean, point? it's a for sure Devonta Adams too, right, Nando? Yeah, I mean, right. like right. I said, you know, I really believe that the draft starts at number three this year. You know, McCaffrey and Cook locked in. And after that, I have no problem if you want to take Devonta Adams at three. We're talking full PPR uh, leagues right now. Some like Henry, some like Kamara, you know, some like Zeke, some even like Kelsey, you know. Um, But if you're going to start, if you get the number three pick in a league where you're like, hey, listen, I really want Devontae Adams, uh, you know, to start my team and I want to do a zero RB build and you land the three pick, well, you're not locked into having to take Henry or Kamara. No, it's perfectly fine to take Adams there and then build out from there. You're probably going to come around. 22nd overall pick, you're looking at another big-time receiver as like a Calvin Ridley or DK Metcalf type, and then you go from there. But you can't let up and, and then start dipping in and, and you know, third, fourth round going to, uh, you know, the running back position or something else. You got to you gotta hammer home that, you know, zero RB build. I like it. And this year, more than anything, the thing is, is that the wide receivers are falling so far that you can really hammer it. Like, it's no joke Calvin Ridley is in the late second round. Yeah, I mean, like that, it's you know. <laughs> that's a big time. You're getting big time production. But that's where the drop off is, Brandon. It's it's really crazy how loaded. I mean, I it's like the second round this year could be qualified as the first round. It, it, it's like, you know, it's just the second first round. Uh, yeah. The top 24 is just loaded this year. You're getting two big time studs. However you want to, you know, pair them with a running back, running back, or receiver, receiver, running back, receiver, however you want to do it. The draft really starts in the third round and starts getting a little, uh, you know, it, that's when it starts getting interesting. But everybody's coming out with, with two studs in the first two rounds. The fact that you can get DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the second round is like highway robbery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robbery. And I don't understand. I, You know, it, 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 it just, it blows my mind. I, I think we don't talk about how good he is. I just want to say, like, I mean, this guy plays all of the snaps. He's, like, never hurt, okay? He has had 1,150-plus <laughs> 1, yards, okay, um, forever, 
in all of the seasons, basically, except for one where he had like 800 yards. Okay, that's it because he was hurt. It is it is unreal to me. Now, his touchdowns were a little bit down. But if Kyler Murray throws more, because remember, he had that shoulder injury, which he admitted that he was scrambling more than usual because of last season. I, I mean, it's crazy. People forgotten about that, right? People have forgotten completely about that. Yeah, and so I think that the touchdowns are going to go up. He's going to maintain this 1,100-yard-plus season thing that he does every freaking year, and you can get him at the end of the second round just hanging out, doing nothing. Unreal. Unreal with the talent this year. I think he should be right there at the end of the first round, right there with um, with Diggs and even Tyreek Hill. And, and I think Agreed. there's a legit – argument to be made uh, he should be the number two receiver off the board this year after um Devante. yeah to me like the fact that he's near dk metcalf makes no sense to me like he should be his own deal the, the adp with nffc is is it changes every couple of days based on where you know i see hopkins going 12 13 in a lot of drafts and then i see him fall into 18 19 it's just a matter of what room you're in drafters preference wise build wise you know, you might get in a draft where people are heavy on those running backs at the turn and it drops Hopkins to that middle late second round. And then, you know, there might be the guys that the next draft are heavy receivers around the turn and you're looking at the Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Adams, Metcalf combinations all around there. So all these guys are locked in top 18. Go ahead, Nando. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh, no, I was, I was going to say, I want to actually ask you, like, you actually gave me a better segue. Um, say it changes every couple of days and things are always kind of, someone's bubbling up. Mm-hmm. Um, a, when they do that, are they staying there or is it just, you know, a function of whatever weird draft you're in and how these people, you know, these are, these are high stakes drafts and they're going to get high stakes here as we get closer and closer once the big events come. Right. Um, but I mean, people, I mean, you're paying 150 bucks for a draft, which is to a lot of people, a lot of money. That's your league entry fee. Um, obviously it goes into the thousands and stuff, but I'm even saying like on the lower end, this is still a pretty high stakes thing that you're doing um take us take us down like to september 5th and just who do you think and this isn't about who you like mm-hmm. who do you think is going to bubble up you've studied like draft boards and adp more than almost anybody i know bubble up um, what do you mean by bubble up what do you mean who's i mean gonna, like are you gonna are, are we gonna see like look brandon loves Najee harris right mm-hmm. and maybe more people's eyes are gonna be open to Najee harris and we could see him like oh you know by september 5th he could be back into the first round um, right. you know, AJ Brown might have like a, a big game, good camp. You could, he's you know, on there's the a rise. ceiling for all these guys. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Who's- yeah. I, okay. I, I mean, AJ Brown has gone from, you know, the last couple months, he's always there, you know, in that third round, that early third round, that 25 to 30 overall range. Well, those days are over also. He's locked into a top 24 overall pick. He's now in the second round. What's happening now at the high stakes level is, the receivers that were going early third round, everybody is getting wide receiver happy this time of year. And as you get closer to late August, early September, for whatever reason in the high stakes market these last bunch of years, the wide receivers get moved up more and more and more as you get closer to the big main main event drafts. And those mid-round running backs that people were taking a shot on in the early in the season, they fall down. So, you know... The depth at the wide receiver position, those Mike Williams, the Pittmans, the Antonio Browns, you know, all those guys that were going in the 80s overall, all summer long. Well, they're now moving up to the 70s and slowly now the 60s. Everybody starts getting moved up because once the early receivers are on the move up, well, everybody's still going back in and going, hey, well, if they're going faster, I got to move up the, the next tier up. And tier by tier, they start coming up. As for the first round and everything, Nando, I, I think Aaron Jones come September is locked into a, a top ten overall um, pick. I still, I still think Antonio Gibson is gonna, you know, keep getting hyped up, and he's gonna find himself in the back end of the first round. I can't keep telling you guys that are gonna go from the second round and move into that first round back into the first without telling you guys that I think are gonna fall out. Right. So. Right. I, you know, Stefan Diggs finds himself in that 10, 11, 12 range every time. And I think that's over now. He's been hurt. He's been, he's been out of, you know, camp for a couple of days now. I think it's like his fifth day with some issue, some knee issue. Uh, I think he's going to fall to the second round. 
And I think the only wide receivers you can count on as being first-round picks come the, the big money drafts are Devontae Adams, obviously, and then maybe Tyreek Hill at the back end of the first. And that's it. It's going to be all running backs. As it should be. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> ben, how are you how are you doing this with the one? I mean, like when you come back around, that's, I mean, I know we're we're talking top twenty, but let's just extend this to twenty-four. How do you pair like a base of Christian McCaffrey gives you so much at running back? Are you like, all right, let me strengthen that with a second running back because now like a bunch of them are off the board. And you know, if if you go by the ADP uh in NFC, like your next guy is maybe J.K. Dobbins. Like that's your or DeAndre Swift, and you start seeing a lot of guys with warts here. Or are you like, I've, I'm good. You know, I've, I've built up enough at running back here with you know a possible thousand thousand guy um, that maybe I should grab like a couple bang bang wide receivers and then come back around because I've already got such a massive head start on running back. I can afford to take the hit. How are, how are you then approaching like that that bang bang at the turn coming up next? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been able to get AJ Brown there. <laughs> And I do that because I think that's amazing. Sometimes I'm able to get Waller or Kittle. Um, and sometimes I do that, especially if it's um, a tight end uh, bonus. So, you know, if it's one and a half uh, PPR for tight end, I'll do that on the turn because I feel like that's worth it because it's a second or third round pick, right? Keenan Allen's usually there. Um, to me, though, again, I've been doing, you know, the, the, you know, back in the day, you could even get Najee Harris there, actually, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it, it depends on who's available, obviously. But to me, um, like I don't even, honestly, J.K. Dobbins isn't even on my draft sheet. I will have zero J.K. Dobbins in my you life. Know, I'm, the same, I'm the same way, but people are writing these good I, things about J.K. Dobbins on, our, on the site. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm there yet. It's a no well, what do you me. what do you so, guys not like about the, what do you guys not like about him as Chris? A, Chris, we're, we're talking, we're talking. Sorry, come on. Us, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to bring up Dobbins and you both want to say he's out on him, why can't we talk about why? No, I mean, we 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 absolutely should. Um, I think that it's going to be a share with Gus Edwards in a very solid way. Like I almost right, right, but, but that's still going to give Dobbins a, a ton of work because they're the, the most run-heavy team to begin with, a, you know, behind a very solid offensive line. And Dobbins is still the one. And most teams have, you know, two running backs that are going to, you know, a backup running back that's going to chip in. So if I told you that Dobbins was in a 70-30 split with Gus Edwards in a run-heavy team and you can get him in the middle of the third round, you're still out on him, both of you? But is he? No, if I can get him in the middle of the third round, I mean, we're talking about something different. But right now he's going in the second round consistently in Where? everything that I've seen and in ADP. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Dobbins never I mean, right makes here, the top his 24. ADP, his, his, okay, so ADP here is 25, uh, what I'm looking at here. So I guess like, yeah, the very, very tippity top of the, of the third, end of the fourth kind of area, right? And so... Surging, I feel like maybe though. I'm just always in leagues and where there's a J.K. Dobbins believer in the mix, and maybe that's you know <laughs> the issue that I'm having here. Um, and so maybe I just have that that own bias. But I, I feel like every time I'm in a league, I'm always surprised at how high he goes. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like this is a situation where I, I, I'm a volume person for running backs. Always have been, always will be. And um, I think that the, you know, the, t- the touchdown situation here, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to feel about that moving forward. Let's just put it that way. You know, is, it, is anything sustainable? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, to me, I, I think that the Baltimore running back situation is always fraught with issues. And I'm not seeing anything here that's saying that Gus Edwards is anything other than definitely involved in all of the camp conversation, everything that people are talking about in terms of the way they're constructing the team. Um, and I think that we're going to have to see what happens here. But I also think that Lamar Jackson is going to get more involved even in the red zone, running in touchdowns, things like that. I, I just think the touchdowns are going to be an issue. Maybe that's just me. Um, I don't have all my like good notes up because actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in a mailbag. It's gonna oh, be nice. Good, good um, mailbag. So, and I'm sorry I can't access it right now, but I have I had all my my justifications here. But if you're at a full point PPR, you know, okay. But I just feel like, well, I'm and um, I'm searching for it, and something popped up here. 
I don't know. That's that's how I I feel about the Baltimore situation there. I think Gus Edwards also going in like free. <laughs> what do we even call his round now? Free? Just you can just grab him whenever. Mm-hmm. Tenth round um, is absurd. Tenth, eleventh you know, round. So to me, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got know. him in the fourteenth round the other day. Again, in an industry league. So you'd think that they would understand that Gus Edwards is involved. But either way, if it's double-digit rounds, those are dudes that you're just picking that you can get rid of if you if they are, if there are better pickups, right? Like double digits is where you can get whatever. And I think he might be a main dude. So I don't know. I mean, he also put on weight, which I don't love for a pass catching back. Well, it sounds, you know, whatever. Um, I just don't see Dobbins as, I mean, like the know. 70-30 split, he only had three games with more than 60% of the offensive snaps. He's got a running quarterback. He had 15 attempts twice. Uh, not a ton of targets, man. I mean, I don't know. It's just like... It just seems to me that this is a, I don't want to say fool's gold, but, and let me, let me tell you what, I, I like to read a lot of people and take advice of people who compliment my knowledge base <laughs> and Brandon Howard and Gene Clemens are two of those guys. Yeah. And I think it was Gene, Gene Clemens just wrote some great stuff on Dobbins and how much he likes him. And that, that's like, that's someone who will. Oh, that he likes him. I thought you, I thought you were yeah. going to say, oh, everybody, because it seems like the industry for the most part is off of JK Dobbins, which. Uh, I felt like they were on J.K. Dobbins. That's no. why I did too. Maybe yeah. that's no. it. Yeah, no. because J.K. Dobbins, like, Dobbins. I mean, there's a reason why J.K. Dobbins in in drafts falls into the late third, early fourth rounds of these drafts. Sometimes it's nobody. He's just not the hot name. Everybody, you know, feels the same way you two do about him. You know? I, I feel the opposite. I mean, uh, it's like we're I reading the same book differently, right? Now, I, think, I mean, I guess totally. you're reading the, the, the this couple articles about people that are in on him, but. The ones that I've read and the and and the industry buzz is you know off of Dobbins. Um, well, the reason why is because he only had two games in full point PPR where he was in the top ten all last season. Yeah, but you throw that so all like, away. What, why, what is what is last year with a three man backfield have anything to do with this upcoming year when they drafted him high? They got rid of Mark Ingram. Uh, he's got the job you know, as the number one back coming into this season. They brought him along slowly last season where the first half of the season, he was just like a, you know, spot series starter. You you can't compare in his situation last year's numbers and games compared to this. At the end of the year, they told Mark Ingram, take a hike. We're going to make you inactive and we're going to give, we're, we're giving the show to the kid for these last four or five weeks. Now, if you want to go and just take those last December games of Dobbins, you know, and, and compare them in, and take that into this season, then that's one thing. But we can't just look at all of last year. No, no. But let's look at let's look at week 13 through 17. Week 13, he was number 16. Then this is full point PPR. Mm-hmm. Week 14, 16. Week 15, 18. Week 16, 19. Week 17, 3. Great. No one plays fantasy in week 17 if you're in a season long. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's okay. And in week 11, when he had a kind of his breakout game where they really kind of gave it to him, he was um, uh, number six. But he was out uh, in week 12 with an injury. Mm-hmm. So I didn't count that in this. But if we go week 11 through, there's only two games of top 10, period. And I'm not saying that's that that only means five games. that that's exactly. But that's five games. We're t- you know, I mean, like, that's five games. We're, it's six games. It's six games because I'm going to count the other one and you, and two of them. So two out of six. Okay. He was top 10. And um, that's with giving him the reins. And, and, that, and I'm not looking at the beginning of the season. I'm literally just looking at week 11 on. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine, but I certainly am not going to push up the ADP. And if I'm taking him I guess to me, again, if we're, if we're talking about like like potential and what they're going to do, I think he is getting drafted at or a little above where he's going to be at the end of the season, which is fine, but he's not going to outdo it. Okay. He's pretty much, you know, leads off that third tier of backs. You know, I, I talked about the top 14 guys that are going the top 24, and then there's always that lull in the draft, that end of second round through, you know, the middle of the third and then that next tier of guys is DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery. And then you start getting into question mark city. You know, then you start getting into that what, you know, the industry likes to call the dead zone of running backs this year where everybody's just taking flyers on these guys. If you have the zero RB build, you're, you're, these are the guys that you're going to be looking at. The Mike Davises, you know, of, of the world. Um, the I, like, I like Mike Davis. 
you yeah, like, like Mike my so you, you like, I like Mike Miles Davis. Sanders. I like Mike Davis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for where they're That's at, Matt Ryan's not running for a thousand yards, tier. but they all come oh, yeah, with major. That, yeah. But but my point is, they all come with major question marks, right? You hear Miles Sanders' name come up. Nobody likes Miles Sanders this year. Well, no one knows what Sirianni's going to do. Well, like this is a totally new. Yeah, o- but no one's talking about this uh, new offense. Yeah, it's three guys in the backfield. They bring they drafted the kid Gainwell to to be the third down back. What's Boston Scott going to do? Everybody hates Sanders. Mike Davis comes with his question mark. Can he handle the, you know, the the whole workload? He's a volume. He's going to be a volume back. So that's the positive yeah. on a Mike Davis. But can he handle a full time workload as a number one this year? Um, you know, in, in his new role in Atlanta. Uh, you know, that's a that's a target for a lot of people that go zero RB. Mike Davis is like that most popular guy. And then you get into the Daryl Hendersons and Travis Etienne's, who's that's another running back on the rise. But all these guys come with major question marks. They're not, you know, um, you know. Do, do you want to pass on those Dobbins, Swifts, and Montgomerys to get into this tier if you're in running back need? Uh, you know, that's a major question uh, when you're drafting this year. We'll get to that um, in another show. We got to go. <laughs> We've reached our limit. Uh, wow, Vaccaro, we did. Yeah, Vaccaro's got to get out of here. He's got a big thing at noon. Yeah, so. you're right. You got it. We got. Hey, just texted me. Can you finish the show, please? <laughs> wrap I got it up. I told things you. to do. Yeah, wrap it up. People to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrap it up. Uh, I hope. I hope this is helpful. Like I, I know, like the first, like this show, and I think me especially, I've been criticized for it. It would go a little too deep, maybe sometimes, a little out there and off the tracks. But I felt like maybe we should pull it back just a little bit and do this top twenty. And get an idea of what the base looks like and how you start to build this team and what the repercussions are farther down the line and what things can look like. And I don't know, the many, many possibilities, like in um, Mr. Destiny, starring Michael Caine. And I think Michael Keaton. I'll have to check that. No one knows what I'm talking about. Nope. It's like I'm the only person to have seen this movie. Absolutely. All right, not. anyway, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. I hope this is super helpful. Um, for uh, Chris Vaccaro and Brandon Marianne Lee, I'm Nando Fino. Derek Van Riper on the one and twos. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. We'll talk to you later.